on today's Locked On Texan podcast, OTAs and confirmations. What's getting confirmed? We'll dive into all of that today on the Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by Cody Davis here to talk the Houston Texans OTAs. Before we dive into football, uh, Cal McNair and the Houston Texans did a very good gesture over the last couple of days. Uh, we just was able to find out that the CEO and chairman of the Houston Texans and the players are donating $400,000 to the Rob School Memorial Fund to support the families of the students and teachers killed in Uvalde. Players-led donation efforts giving $200,000. Listen, man, we could talk a lot of crap about this 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 owner. We could talk a lot of crap about these players, right? Whether mm. they're 4 and 12, 4 and 13, we can go all day about their 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 feats on the field but off the field this is what this franchise does they do this and it's real they support the community and uvalde is some miles away but for them they went on otas and had the orange shirts that said that read excuse me we stand with uvalde you gotta respect and love what this franchise does in the community perfect time and i think to show their support with the uvalde the, the city of uvalde that school and just aligning themselves with just what's right right now, giving a helping hand to a community that really needs it. With the OTAs happening uh, the last couple of days, Cody had an opportunity when they allowed the media to get out there to be around <laughs> that atmosphere um, on a day where it was kind of rainy a little bit. Why every time they let y'all out there, the weather's <laughs> off? Hey, which is fine because I would much rather be out there where you get just a little bit misty rain and there's a forecast because what i hate and i'm pretty that sure heat. this is going to come training camp we that standing there heat. just melting just hot just sweaty because it's so damn hot but you know what the weather was fine for with me like i said i don't mind a little misty rain i i really don't but i, I, I kind of miss those uh those uh those heat days right back in two days at least in high school i have a coach there with the bucket hat on, with the plays hanging out, out the draws a little bit in the shorts. <laughs> on the line! Let's talk Texas OTAs, Cody. What's going on? Yeah, man. And for the second week, um, the Houston Texans, as you just mentioned, allow the media to go out there and, and observe um, voluntary OTAs. And, John, you see the smile on my face? Listeners, viewers, you see the smile on my face? Davis Mills! <laughs> Davis Mills had a much better day in terms of what we was able to see last week doing OTAs. Look, first and foremost, the man just looked more comfortable and his timing with his wide receivers was much better. Because he looked more comfortable, because his timing was much better, he was a lot more consistent making plays out there on the field. And one of the things that I noticed 
And I compared his performance from last week. I noticed last week he was struggling a little bit with his raw receivers when it was running the out route. On yesterday, he was much better. He threw a beautiful out route pass to both Chris Conley and Brandon Cooks. The man just had a much better day overall. Rookie standout, John, you're going to love this one. Christian Harris. Remember about a week or two ago. Very good job. Yes, remember about a week or two ago, um, we you came on this podcast and you talked about how you felt Harris was actually the biggest steal of the NFL draft for the Houston Texans. And, you know, I had my concerns, and one of my biggest concerns is his ability or inability to cover as a linebacker. And, you know, you and I, we talked about a lot here on this podcast how he is somewhat of Zach Cunningham 2.0. We all know Zach Cunningham, you know, his – coverage was probably the weakest part of his on on field attributes however Christian Harris that young man is fast and with that speed he is able to get to the ball he actually had I counted about two maybe three pass deflections and he almost had an interception on Kyle Allen and I wanted to point that out because in terms of Christian Harris as I just mentioned if I'm having somewhat of some concerns about his covered ability. And what I was able to see him use his speed to go after the ball, to to make it kind of a hard day for Allen, um, it's, it's, it, it was basically a good thing that I was able to see. And look, I understand that he was able to do it against Kyle Allen. Um, it wasn't Davis Mills, but at the same time, this is what you want to see from a rookie because at some point, him going after Kyle Allen at some point is going to turn into him going after Davis Mills. And if he's able to go after Davis Mills, who is one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the league, he's going to be able to do it against a handful of other quarterbacks in the league. In terms of John Mechie for the second consecutive week and possibly for the third consecutive week going back to rookie training camp, John Mechie did have an opportunity to be out there on the field with his team. However, he was working out on the sideline however i could tell that the houston texans have started to ramp up his workload on yesterday he had a position coach alongside with him and you could tell that the texans are trying to get him back being accustomed to catching ball with defenders because prior to that he was just playing catch by himself but now as i mentioned had a position coach alongside with him playing a little bit of defense he looked good in terms of his recovery and before moving on, John, listeners and viewers, I do want to mention this. Um, a couple weeks ago, you and I talked about who's going to be the other defensive end that's going to start opposite of John Gennard. I'm not going to lie. If it's Jordan Jenkins, I would not be mad at that. Because first and foremost, Jordan Jenkins did have a pretty solid 2021 campaign. However, injuries kind of hampered his on-field production. However, what I was able to see on yesterday, how fast and how explosive he was coming off the line of scrimmage, Jordan Jenkins is making a strong case. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know if he'll be if he'll be the starter day one, but I'm glad to hear that. I think that that's very promising news. I, I really believe him and Green, you know, I, I don't know if that DN spot is going to be solidified. If you remember correctly, we, we, we talked about the – John Grenard and how I expect him to have the highest snaps played uh, across that defensive line, at least for that the end position, because I think that he is a shoe-in starter. But I can see Green and I can see Jenkins sharing those snaps and being effective in those situations. I do want to go back to uh, Christian Harris. Christian Kirksey gave him a lot of praise in, at OTA practice afterwards. 
uh, you know, talked about how he's soaking up the game, how he's learning everything he needs to learn, gave, 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 gave a great praise to his speed and how he's using that speed. So that's great to hear. And Levy Smith also talked about the leadership that they are having at OTAs, of course. To see Brandon Cooks out there, an eight-year vet, we, we, we I mean, we don't really talk about eight-year vets being at OTAs like that. I, I, I can't remember or recall a vet that's been with a, with a franchise for more than a season being at voluntary OTAs in May, June. I, I, you can't really recall that. So I think his veteran leadership is speaking like volumes because not only is he saying things, uh, he may be saying them in the group chat, he may be saying them over the phone, but he's also saying it mm-hmm. on the field with the new guys, right? I, I think that's phenomenal. Do have a couple of quotes that I think is important to uh, just talk about a little bit from Lovey Smith, or at least put that out there for our listeners and viewers to hear and see. Lovey Smith talked about Jerry Hughes. In talking about Jerry Hughes, he says, a veteran player that's done it the right way all his career. These are all voluntary days, and he's out here leading. That's great. You can't tell that he's not a rookie uh, trying to make his first team. We need that in our program, veteran leadership like that. And I love that. Lovey Smith says program. That screams to me, at least. Not culture? Uh, not culture, <laughs> but uh, or franchise. I, when I hear the word program, that screams to me that there is a way of doing things that you have to be, you know, kind of programmed to do, and they're moving away from the past. I like that. Maybe that's my own interpretation. Maybe nobody else feels that way. Maybe it's just me. But I like when he used the word program. And again, speaking of Jerry Hughes, who is a you know decade in veteran, I just gave praise to Brandon Cooks, him being one of those veteran players that's been with this franchise now going on his third season. It's rare to see him at OTAs, but it's also rare to see a player like Jerry Hughes at OTAs and like Levy Smith said, performing out there like he's trying to secure a spot like he's a rookie. Levy Smith also talked about Marlon Mack. Sam Marlin has a productive, has been a productive player in the league. We look at his best years he's had. Sometimes you need a change and a change of scenery, a new team. I know he fits in well with our group. He also uh, talked about Steven Nelson, said Steven Nelson has done some good things. We know Derek Stingley is going to be uh, going to play good for us this year and will be a great player. So that position is getting a lot better. Also want to leave you guys with what he spoke about on Garrett Wallow. He and Wallow spent time together last year as he was the defensive coordinator. He knows a little bit about Garrett Wallow. He said, we've seen him get better. Garrett is one of those players that hasn't missed a day. I think since we've drafted him every day we practice, Garrett Wallow has been out there. If you do that and you have the ability, he's a football guy. We'll find a place for you on the field. So, all of those are encouraging words. Um, speaking about Wallow, speaking about Hughes, speaking about Martin Mack, a couple of vets, a couple of uh, one young guy. I love to hear Lovey Smith speak on his players in such a great light. Uh, I think that does wonders for reinventing this program. Listen, I'll be getting married in a couple of weeks, guys. I'm super excited. Cody will be there. We'll probably moonwalk together, but I needed a ring that said, I love you and I'll love you forever. The best place that I went to and 
these guys were great was blue now blue now has the online tools that are very simple it lets you choose the diamond shape the size and clarity as well as the setting style blue now jurors always and i mean always make the handcraft perfect engagement ring each ring is one of a kind for your one of a kind special lady Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNow.com, and our Locked On listeners get $50 off purchases, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive is for our Locked On listeners. Use code Locked On, plus every order ensures ships free and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free when you find your forever peace. Go to BlueNow.com today. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. And before we jump into our next topic, I do want to mention that the NFL channel, including Locked On Texans, of course, have finally entered the offseason, which means you will not be seeing our beautiful faces, you know, five days a week. You will only be seeing our beautiful faces three days a week, which is a good thing because, John, as you've been saying over the last couple of days, there's no grind like the slow, like grind. The slow grind. And um, unlike last year, and I'm not complaining, every day, off season or not, we had something to talk about with the Texans, and nine times out of ten, it was something bad with this organization. However, you know, we don't have that issue this year. So, you know, outside of voluntary OTAs, as you guys know, we literally been coming up with topics on the fly, which shows how, how it shows our creativity. By the way, I do want to brag a little bit. But once again, the Locked On um, NFL <clears throat> channel is now in the offseason. But, John, going back to a conversation that we talked about in the first segment, on yesterday, um, the second week of voluntary OTAs, I forgot to mention players who were in attendance. Um, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard both were absent. Um, Laramie Tunsil, for the second week, of, second week in a row, he wasn't there. However, it's okay because it's voluntary. However, I do want to give kudos to Titus Howard. Um, he was actually in attendance for the birth of his second child, which was his first son. Yay. So kudos to him, his beautiful Yay. wife, um, you know, okay, adding to their <laughs> adding to their family. Um, you know, kudos to him. Um, Malik Collins, another guy who was not in attendance last week, was in attendance for OTAs on yesterday. Now, Flipping over to our next topic. As I mentioned, Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard was not in attendance, but it's okay. However, John, we finally, finally got confirmation from the head coach, Lovey Smith himself, that Titus Howard will be playing tackle. Yeah. Not left tackle. He was uh, right tackle. Yeah, uh, Lovey Smith was on a podcast. He was on... Chris Collinsworth podcast mm -hmm. talking about Kenyon Green. And so us getting here is a result of Kenyon Green coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, but he talked about that George Warhop and Hall Hunter really liked Kenyon Green. Uh, the offensive line coaches, they were all in agreement. They liked them. Uh, they believe that they're going to uh, – the reason why they got him is because he can help them win a lot of games. And the end of that conversation was we'll keep Titus and Laramie out at tackle positions, at the tackle positions. Keon Green will be playing guard for us this year. That's a two-edged sword that we was able to kind of get answered because 
they liked his versatility. Remember, Green played across that offensive line, right guard, left guard, mm-hmm. and some tackle at Texas A&M. You know, I think we both are expecting him to be playing left guard. But there was some speculation on whether or not, by some people, the Texans may move on from uh, Titus Howard eventually and they drafted Green to be playing tackle. I'm glad that they're not doing what they did to Titus Howard to this young man. So they're mm. going to establish him at that left guard position. As mentioned, Titus and Laramie will be out at tackles. I think this may have been the greatest news that we can receive at this time in this slow grind period because it does give Houston and the fans who you know really want to see Titus at tackle, gives them a sense of clarity on what the next step is going to be now that we know that he's going to be cemented at tackle. Yeah, and John, not only does that give fans, you know, us, the organization clarity, but I think it also puts the Houston Texans in the best position to have a pretty productive offensive line, especially one that was better than the production that they put out on the field the last two years. And I say that because, you know, first and foremost, when you take a look at Let's let's call it the early projection of the Texans offensive line. You know, starting from left tackle all the way down to right tackle, it has to be Laramie Tunsil. Keon Green has to be at left guard. Um, Justin Britt is going to be at center. You know, right guard is still up for grabs, John. I mean, I don't really know, you know, who would you prefer at right guard? I think that one is kind of like up in the air, but of course right tackle is Titus Howard. You know, if you have an offensive line, if it's already, you know, the first week of June and you can say that four of your five spots on the offensive front is solidified, that means the production, the chemistry, the camaraderie is going to be damn good. And I also want to mention this coming season, they're going to be playing against some of the top pass rushers in the league, you take a look at Darius Leonard, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, who are on the same team now. Um, Trayvon Walker, even though he's a rookie, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with on that defensive front for Jacksonville. You take a look at the Cleveland when they come here on December 4th. By the way, we got to talk about a certain someone who definitely might not be a part of that game now, but... You still got to take into consideration Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett. They're going to be on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. And then, of course, when you play against Washington, there's Chase Young. So I, I feel more confident in the Texans' offensive line because, like I just mentioned, we are sitting here on June 2nd, 2022, and four of your five starters up front are solidified. I like to say this, man. The one team that scares me the most in terms of defensive line, the Washington Commanders. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see what Chase Young can do, but they also got Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. Like, they have some complete dogs on that opposite side. Even more so than the Chargers? Well, not more so, but I just Mac think that and Bosa, that's Mac and, scary. Mac and, no, Mac and Bosa. And uh, Mac, Mac and Bosa, they also have somebody else that I, I may be, you know, kind of just forgetting right now. But Mac and Bosa is scary. But I, I, I don't know. I just think because they're younger. And I'm looking at you got Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Um, yo, I mean, these, these guys, they, they, they got some 
they got some pure dogs on their defensive line. But the reason why this is also important, like you mentioned, Cody, there's one C word that's very important, and that's chemistry. When Titus Howard was first drafted, he was never able to establish that. Whether that was blocking alongside the right side or the left side, it was always where well, we like his versatility, so we're going to put him where we see fit. And hmm. where the previous coaching staff saw fit, even last year, outside of when he played tackle, which was great, um, it, it never worked out. Right, it never worked out. So they're writing their wrongs with Keon Green, the things that they did at the franchise to Titus Howard. But I think it's very important to establish your running mate now. And I do believe that it'd be AJ uh Ken, Titus Howard on the right side, Keon Green, Larry Tunsil on the left side, Justin Britt right there in the middle at center. They'll be able to figure out each other's tendencies, what they do well, when they need to, you know, kind of come together and say, Hey, this guy right here. He may cheat in, so I'm a chip block, and then I'm gonna pass him over to you. Let's get that established now because that helps out with passing, uh, blocking, uh, blocking for your quarterback. But more importantly, it helps with those small cues when trying to move a body and getting to the next level, especially with combo blocking and moving up. Right. So if you can kind of cheat and learn your partner more, uh, then you know it should kind of lead to more success on the ground and blocking for Davis Mills. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. You don't have to endure pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counters offers and orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when shopping with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on Texans in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. So follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. And before we close out with this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans, last week, John and I had a very interesting discussion on if Deshaun Watson does not play December 4th, will it be or will it not be a disappointment? I was on the side that it would be a disappointment because it would give fans, it would not give fans an opportunity to you know, show their frustration, the booze, you know, how they want to stop that before we get demonetized. But, um, you know, it would not give fans an opportunity to show their frustration, how mad or anything that they are about Deshaun. But John was on, a, uh, on, on the opposite side. That's going to get us demonetized too. But John was on the opposite side of the argument by saying that if he doesn't play, it's better for the draft pick. Well, John, after the events that that 
has taken place over the last 24 to 48 hours. It seems like, yeah, he might not be a part of that game because he has had not one but two more lawsuits filed against him, and now the count sits at 24. <laughs> you know, the best part about this is, John, this is no longer our problem here on a Locked on Texans podcast. Um, Yeah, I... I'm getting to a point now, I truly don't know how the NFL can justify allowing him to play the entire 2022 season with all jokes aside because, you know, regardless of what you believe, 24, man. I don't think there's a difference between 22 and 24. I mean, it's not, but I I mean. And I I think that, you know, in all severity, the NFL says they're doing an investigation, but the NFL's word doesn't necessarily hold weight to say we believe you, we trust you, we understand that you're going through your process and we're going to give you time because this is what you've done and we believe that you will come out with the, the right knowledge because of your process. This is still the NFL. And so, again, I, I don't think 24 is going to make me say, oh, my God, he should not be playing. Well, I'll set that at 22. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, there was a legit case for once it got past a certain number before he even got to the 20s where, you know, there's a possibility that Deshaun would, would possibly have to sit down. Now, I will say this. At this time, I don't think the NFL can overrule the criminal charges, those were not brought against him. And so criminally, there was nothing proving to be wrong. Now he's going through the, the civil suit process. And again, we, we're, we're in May. We are, what, 98 days away from the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen in three three plus months. Um, and, and I think that's why the Cleveland Browns gave themselves that insurance policy. Like, his salary is only $1 million this year. Yeah. Something along those lines. Like, it, it isn't – he didn't – he got a lot of that money in the bonus or something like that. So, uh, but for Deshaun, it was important for him to fight for his name. He said he's never did any of these actions that he's accused of. He's going to continue to fight. Uh, he may need to fight to understand that this is the first time he's been on the football field against seven on seven in a long time because he's still reading down, um, you know, looking down his receivers. John Johnson got a pick on him in seven on seven. I'm not going to overreact to that, but hmm. some of those same tendencies still show. So, but overall, that's Cleveland's problem. Uh, they're going to have to deal with that, and it's the NFL's problem. The Houston Texans sat with him for an entire year while taking backlash on why not forcing him to play. Um, why haven't they, you know, did whatever to his contract and the, the anger at Jack used to be and how Calvary screwed up everything. They sat through that for a year. They went through their process. He was fine, found not guilty of being criminally charged. They moved on from him. Here at the Locked On Texan Podcast and a, a lot of people in the city of Houston, we've moved on as well. This is now the NFL's issue and them people in Cleveland. 
And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texan page on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube as well. Until next Tuesday. Yeah, me and John, we're going to enjoy the weekend. Peace.